Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. ES Audio. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hello and welcome to our second episode this week. The team is back together because Sarah's back from France. Yeah, How are you? Bonjour. Ça bonjour. va? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally the limit on my Although, wait, I can say où est la bibliothèque? Have you had Duolingo? Have you downloaded it then or something? Have you been no. on the app learning? No, I've just been listening <laughs> out there and I can order croissants and well done me. Je voudrais un croissant s'il vous plaît. Chagrin. Look at that. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I went to get your croissants this morning. You did and it was a very nice croissant. Were you making up for being 20 minutes late picking me up? Okay. Is that all that was about but thank you anyway nice we, to see you both how are you Steve I'm very well sorry we Good. haven't seen you since he wore his Welsh shirt have we I know I was so impressed with that do you know what I really enjoyed that Wales Australia it was amazing. They were brilliant, weren't they, Wales? Yeah, really, they were good. Really good. Oh, you are turning Welsh. Well, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, I've, I've, had, I've always had passion and pride. Just not for Wales. Yeah, just, <laughs> but you do now. Quite scoppy, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the support, Lawrence. Thank you. I'm yeah. glad I've brainwashed you. He actually you. promised well to learn some Welsh next time you were in, so yeah. you're going to have to teach him something. Diolch. Do you know what that means? Diolch. Diolch. Multilingual I am today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's nice to see you both. Steve, how are you? I'm good, Sarah. Very good. good. Yes, it's what have you been, been up uh, to? Yeah, a busy weekend. Busy weekend with the the little ones as ever. Dancing, swimming, football, you name it. They've been doing it, and a little bit of rugby. Uh, Uber driver, then, yeah. Uber driver, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you know, uh, no DIY though. I've, I've, that's the one thing that I stay away from. Well, there's so. a link for you, Steve. There we go. I did you take your mind now. Shall I seamless? Let's introduce our special guest then, shall we? He's been on our television screens for over 30 years. I have to read this out, actually, because there's a long list of things I need to read out. So, presenting, obviously, a whole range of shows, including BBC's most watched and longest-running primetime factual series, DIY SOS The Big Build, which, can I say, I love, and it's on our series link at home, one of the only programmes that's on our series link. And he also has um, a series currently on Channel 5 called Amazing Railway Adventures. Not content with just presenting duties, he's also written a screenplay, a cookbook, and released an album. Why did I not know that? Yeah, about we, we just well, it's, it sort of slipped by at about 38 in the charts. And, <laughs> <laughs> although, I do have weeping. an iTunes number one. Do you? Yeah, it was a bit of a joke thing. When I did I'm a Celebrity, they put um, one of the songs off the album and they, one of the radio stations decided to make it, get it to number one, and they did. Which is a bit of a joke, obviously, but now I'm in, when I'm introduced in America, I'm introduced as an iTunes number one artist, so I, I, love I don't care. You know who he is by now, right? I don't even have to introduce him, Nick knows. How are you, Nick? Um, do you know what? I'm very good, thank you very good. much. I'm, um, yeah, just in the middle of all these travels for the, uh, the Railway series, and there's a Venture series I'm shooting at the same time, which is great, which is taking me places like uh, Mongolia and Death Valley and Patagonia. So lot, having lots of fun with that um, and then trying to get hold of the rugby games wherever I am in the middle of Mongolia or wherever. So they might be to download it there. Yeah, it's tough. Because you are um, a massive rugby fan, aren't you? Uh, huge my whole life. I played and, not obviously not to the standard of yeah. Lolly, but um, yeah, I played and loved it and played in this country and Australia and various other places around the world. Once one game in Samoa. Posi- a long time. Position. Planker. 
Flanker. I would have said flanker, oh. actually. All I would action. have said flanker yeah. all action. You wouldn't? I would have. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said flanker. Yeah, I was a bit bigger up top and a bit narrow around the waist in those days. And, <laughs> were, uh, were we, were and, we all? Yeah. And reasonably fast for a reasonably big unit. So that kind of <laughs> that kind of helps. It is yeah. good to see you, but I am slightly disappointed that you haven't come in a high-vis jacket, like knocking down walls for us. I think people do expect that kind of thing. Yeah. I do no DIY ever. No. I'm, I'm, it's just out, you're not, more of the outsource, you sort of project, man, project lead, TV lead. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're mostly walking around pointing and talking about it, to be honest. That's, that's <laughs> a, bit like, a, bit like, a bit like my DIY skills, <laughs> yeah. really. Same. Do you know what I used to do? I used to, I used to be so enthusiastic, my, pretty much most most men at home, and take, <laughs> take things apart and they'll never be able to put them back together again. <laughs> yeah, we had a big history of that in our family, actually. My dad once actually took the, the family heirloom clock apart to show me how time works and then could never get it back together. That's, 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 that's still. I, I, I promise you, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really weird thing, actually. And that, when I was younger, working on building sites, my family were all sort of vaguely involved in construction, and um, apart from my dad, who was uh, in the armed forces. But um, but so, so but it was a really good way to keep fit. So when I went to Australia, I used to work on a building site and hod carrying. Yeah. I'm down a ladder all day, carrying, carrying bricks is a great way to keep your fitness up. And much better than actually spent time spent on a training field. Yeah. So, and have you managed to during the world this World Cup? Because I know you've been to a couple of World Cup finals. I have yeah, they went to the one obviously at Twickenham, but also managed to get my brother to the one where we lost to South Africa in the final in Paris as well. That was a problem getting tickets, to be honest. But we, when we look, I, I don't want to bring it up because it Nick, must be. Nick, a tough, should, although you, you didn't play in the game, should, I, I was on the bench. So I go. played the last twenty minutes. My last game of international rugby. You could have phoned me out. I'd have sorted you out a couple of tickets. <laughs> you know, I did try, but bringing a few people like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a. So when we lost in that game, in the first game against South Africa, my brother was so depressed. He and I have gone to games. He's since he was nineteen and I was twelve. He yeah. would take me along to all the matches, and so then when I got the opportunity to take him to World Cups and various other things than we did. But I, I said to him, I'll get us there. I will get If we get to the final, I'll get us there. Never expecting to so get didn't come out. Yeah. So you didn't come out to Sydney then in 03, no? I got offered a ticket for that. Did you? Oh, I got offered a no. ticket last minute to get out because TV people offered me a ticket to go out with three days' notice, and I could, yeah. but I couldn't get one for my brother, so I didn't go. Oh, and it, we always, we always went everywhere together. What's your that's brother's cute. name? John. John. And you've watched obviously this world, this World Cup. It's been a tough watch as an England fan. I mean, I know we've won three out of three. But there's so much of rugby is a tough watch at the moment. I mean, I, lo I love rugby, but there's there's two things wrong with it at the moment. One is that in, it's all about territory and flat line defence, which means basically you half the game spent kicking the ball back and forwards so it's like aerial ping pong and the other thing is that games are being decided by referees now you may or may not know you never answer about referees I always found it easier if I refereed if I'm honest with yeah. you well yeah well, you, I remember you helping them yeah. as much as you could well, we, sat, we sat you two apart because obviously you upset the Welsh with your comments not for the first time yeah. no you've got a history of that I've got a history of uh, yeah there is currently a Welsh fatwa on me uh, I can't cross the borders uh, i got family over there which makes it even worse they all disown me when this, when this happens do you, do you start to uh, have a little go on social media after you've had about five pints of Guinness that was, you, you wait for it to... <laughs> that was the first time when I criticised Nigel Owens oh he was really he upset was, he was, I thought he'd take it as a joke but he he really upset he went on Jiffy's show yes, dressed that... as me with a hard hat with Dick Knowles written on it <laughs> I was actually on that show when that happened I didn't laugh Nick obviously I just sat there yeah, no, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, but it was. That was a five point. Um, that was a five point inje injection from me on social media. And but he and I have made up since, so that was all good. And then I got f sort of forgiven by everybody. And then in the Fiji game, 
uh, I criticise the ref uh, not sending someone to the bin on the worst with a multiple well, listen, you can be, on the line. You can be the coach of South Africa. But you weren't the only one who did that. No, you we all did. South Africa yeah. and criticise the referee and you get too much banned. So, you know, yeah. you're in the sim bin for too, too much. You see, what I like to do is, like, I, I criticise the ref and everybody in Wales thought I was criticising Wales, so I got about two or three days of, re I mean, really vehement stuff as well and some quite, uh, some quite heavy stuff um, verging on death threats and things like this. Well, and like, never come for the to Fiji Wales comments or for, for the, the Fiji Niger. comments. Oh, really? I said, and then I let it die down, and then after about two or three days, I said uh, I put a post up saying the referee has just issued his final final warning to the Welsh on their own try line, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the final 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 warning is expected about the time of release of the third Avatar movie. So, so what's your, just to start it all up again. Uh, so, what's <laughs> so what's your uh, what's the take on the World Cup? I mean, you, you know, what, what's what's been your view so well, far? There's some there's amazing stuff. I mean, you know, obviously the South Africa Ireland game was a was a hell of a set too. I, I was slightly worried by the Irish. Doing a lap of honour afterwards and celebrating as if it was a win because it's only a, a group game and I think the South Africans... I think Africans, they were just like clapping their fans though, weren't they? They weren't well, celebrating yeah, but, the win. But my worry is a bit like getting a, just a, getting a bit... I mean, it was a win and it was a good win and it lays down a good yeah. marker. But Do you know I, why? The whole, of the, the whole of the stadium was full of Irish fans. I well, I know. Yeah, mm. it, I think they were, it was more about yeah. celebrating the fact that so many Irish had dropped yeah. up. In 03, we had, we had South Africa in our group and it was a hard, hard game. That, we were more worried about that game than any other game of rugby I've ever been involved in. Mm. And they were a young South African side. We beat them. 23-3 or whatever it was and woke up and the paper said, is that all you've got or something with, with a picture of Johnny Wilkinson? But uh, for me, when we lost the last World Cup final, when Sinclair got knocked out in the first few minutes, it ruined our game plan. We should have had a plan B, but we didn't. And that was, and then South Africa won. I was really, really depressed about that until I heard the interview with Khaleesi afterwards where they said to him, the bloke said to him, you must have dreamed of this when you were a kid. And he said, when I was a kid, I dreamed of getting something to eat by the yeah, end of the day. He's, and a, you great, go, yeah. he's a great chap. Oh, he's an extraordinary man. He isn't is he? An Everything he says man. ever is. But, yeah. is but do, you know, do you know what? South Africa, actually, they lost that first game to New Zealand um, in Japan. And then they sort of went under the radar. They didn't actually have to play that well to win that World Cup, I don't think, personally. I mean, they smashed England in the final. But England had Australia. Then New Zealand, yeah, and then they would have had to play South Africa, which is yeah, which is a really really tough thing to do. What what have you made of France? Well, the problem with France is like I mean they're an amazing side, and on their day, the the great thing about France is they they the the, all, the Kiwis are terrified of them. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time I've spent time in New Zealand, they're like, we're going to win the World Cup, we're going to win unless we meet France, unless we meet France. They're terrified of France. They, it's so in their heads that they can lose to an, an ordinary French side on a good day. So, although that, they worry me now because New Zealand are looking good. I mean, Dupont's obviously a massive difference. I presume he's going to play with some kind of face mask. He's back yeah. in training by all accounts. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, again, stupid. What the hell were you risking him for in a Namibia game? Oh, I mean, he, he should have Come off at half time. Well, we, we've got a similar thing this weekend, really, haven't we, with England? I mean, do you play your full strength team against Samoa or do you rest the players who are it's important? It's hard because you need continuity well, as well in a World we, Cup. You don't know who, you you don't know who your full strength team is. You don't know who your best team <laughs> That's is. That's well. a problem, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, so, you know, oh, but so I've really so enjoyed tough. some of the other games as well. Games like, you know, um, Georgia, uh, Portugal. Yeah, that was yeah, a great game. I love game. watching Portugal game. play. I genuinely. And some of the other sides aren't playing. When you, when it seems to me it gets to the point now where, if you go back to that refereeing decision, everything is decided. On and there was was there a decision yesterday? It was a clear out, and you looked at it and you thought there's nothing wrong with that clear out at all. But the refs, you know, another guy like held in a tackle, not held in a tackle. You know, all of these tiny things now, and it's such a complex game. The difficulty you have with social media is that, is that the, is that the mm. game is being analysed. Anything that commentators or referees or TMOs miss, someone's picked up on social media, yeah. and it's already out there. Yeah, but um, it's had due. To, uh, look, I take a slightly different view on that. Like everyone was having a go at me. You shouldn't argue with the ref in rugby. The players and the coaches can't argue with the ref, and that's really important. That's an important 
important rule. They've just got to accept it and get on with it. That's fine. But it, but it, I think it relies on people like yourselves who are, you know, involved with the game a lot and those of us that love the game to point out when there are ridiculous inconsistencies. There was a head-to-head contact yesterday that came as a guy jumped out to catch a ball and landed directly face-to-face. When was it? It wasn't yesterday. It was a game I was watching yesterday. I was catching up. Anyway, it was a face-to-face contact, almost identical to Curry's, and they decided it wasn't even worth a card. And Curry gets a two-match ban. You can't have that inconsistency across the game because you'll have someone sent off in a World Cup final for something that they haven't been sent off before. And that's my worry for the game. I love the game so much that to actually have it decided by referees. Also, the cult of referee. I mean, Nigel... I love the game so much to have it decided by referees. That's true. a sentence. Oh, that, well, Who else that's, is going to decide my worry. it? No, but it should be decided by the players, by, well, by, by open play by the players, by a bit of skill, by... Oh, by that's creativity, yeah, okay. not by somebody making a decision on a, on three points on a fence at the ruck or, you know. And by it, the way, we've all got homes and bars to go to after a game. And the game's gone on for like hours now because we've got... In, we've got <laughs> homes the, and bars. Which ones come first we've to got, you? Well, bars on the way home, don't we? But we've got injuries. And then the amount of decisions that have been taking the right, you know, huge amounts of time. It is tricky. It is are you going to get out there for a game then? Or I not? Can't. You're just too busy. No, I've looked at it. I've looked at it over and over again to see if I could get there any way I could get there. And, and I, we I, can I sort your brother out ticket this time. You know? <laughs> yeah, he won't go without me though. Same as I won't go without him. Oh, so that's him, really yeah. cute. <laughs> Second, well, you've so, met my brother many times yeah. at, the, at the events when we, yeah. we bumped into. Well, you're going to be the expert on sorting out the travel by train, surely, aren't you? You must know the back you, of your yeah, hand. No, no? weirdly, television doesn't work like that. I don't book all my own travel. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a train ride, though. We all have a wind over it. here about the train system. You've now been on nearly every train system in the world. Well, I mean, well, they, they're exactly the same. Everywhere we go, everybody whinges about the trains. That's that's they do. I mean, there are certain countries where like Japan, where everything runs exactly on time. Yeah. And, um, but I've just got back from Croatia. That was the last short one that I did, about four or five days. And um, I was saying what an amazing journey it is through the Julian Mount, Julian Alps, and all the way down. Then you end up on the Adriatic, a split, which is beautiful and historic. And you've got um, Diocletian's Palace there to walk around, which is stunning, and the ruins of uh, the city. So there's all this stuff to look at. And then we get out on a boat to do this thing, this finish at the end. And I said to the boat captain that we were on the trains, he went, oh, rubbish trains. Did you have a terrible time? And I was like, you sit there and watch the whole countryside go by. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Were you a train spotter when you were younger then? How did this no. love of trains come about then? I can't you being that. We, we grew up in Southall, so... You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know the young, you know the young people you work with now? Be after a first train out of there, mate, to be yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, the kids that you work with, inner city kids that you work yeah, with now, yeah, and you, yeah. I, I saw you on TV the other day talking about getting kids and directing their the anger and the violence and discipline and all that kind of stuff. That, for me, was rugby when I was growing up because I, from that, weirdly, I went to Gunnersbury School from an estate in Southall. But up the road was a big shunting yard and there was five of us kids and my dad, to give my mum some peace, used to take us all up when we were little up to the stand on the bridge and watch all the trains go by. So I think that's where it started. Be, we need a travel show. So we that, do need a travel show. That'd be a, a piece of us, show. wouldn't it? We'd yeah, like that. We would enjoy more that. Montenegro, maybe. Sort of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way because I was going to ask you this, you know, obviously you're travelling around now, you're, you're enjoying that um, and you've obviously... You've been to Italy yeah. on this Yeah, the, trip? the Vesuvius to Etna. That was a beautiful trip. Nearly, nearly died. Nearly, nearly died. Okay, well, up in I'm that, glad you what didn't was die. It, that gyrocopter. In a gyrocopter. Thing. There, was a, there was a moment when we were up in the air and we hit the lightning storm and we were being thrown all over the place and almost hit the trees on the way down and then almost hit the mountainside. And I kind of decided that was it. I was, like, I was not getting down again. And I, I had this lovely thought. I thought, well, 
my nine-year-old boy will be obviously very sad about it, but what a great story for him to tell his mate. His dad <laughs> died in a gyrocopter over Mount Etna. <laughs> that wasn't going to be my question, Nick. <laughs> Went down in a blaze of glory. Can't say that, can you? No? Yeah. <laughs> but my question was going to be, it was going to be a rugby-based one again, because um, you have stated in the past, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you don't think Italy should be in the Six Nations. Am I right? I only recently said that I think they have, that, yeah. Okay, so like, given what's happened over the last week against New Zealand, so do you think that they should be replaced by a Georgia or a Portugal or, or, or a Japan, or, or do you just think it well, should be? Well, if you're be... going to keep it at Six Nations, I don't think they've done enough to maintain, over the last few years, I don't think they've done enough to maintain. They haven't beaten anybody regularly yeah. enough. Although, so, sadly, that New Zealand game, I think, is a bit of an anomaly because actually yeah, they played agreed. some really good rugby in the, in the Six Nations. But if you put Georgia in there... I mean, they, I know they beat Wales, didn't they, recently? As did Italy. Yeah. Last, so, last but would they, would they have the same success? I don't success? know, but you've got to give them the opportunity. I mean, Italy, how long have Italy been in the Six Nations now? Uh, 15 God. years? Yeah. But well, I do think we're going to At some it. stage, they've got to yeah, show some improvement. improvement. Nations Cup, I think, um, over the year, so that there will be... There should be look, some sort of ability to, to get into that tournament, I think. I agree. I mean, you look at Argentina, who came into the Southern Hemisphere tournament... And they've actually, in that time, they've improved to actually beat New Zealand in New Zealand. And they've yeah. beaten Australia. They've beaten... beaten it, take them, it did take them a while, though. It did take them a while. But, yeah. uh, and that's I, the I argument. don't think they've been in it any longer than Italy has. And Italy haven't beaten England or France It's yet. the argument for Japan as well. Because Japan actually have done brilliantly until 2019. Since then, they've only won two games. But they've been playing really good opponents, haven't they? So. Yes, I, I and like, they haven't been playing much. Yeah. No, I like the idea of maybe doing like a plate competition within the competition so that you because at the moment I think there's too big a gap between games so if you had get because football world cup you have games every two three four days so if you had two competitions within the world cup so you had the tier one nations playing for the world cup the tier two nations playing for a plate competition we've all said how good the, the games are when they play each well, other. They, they are going to increase the number of teams playing in the world cup I think for the next tournament uh, and I mean poor older Namibia Four games in 18 days. Yeah, that's I mean, that's bad. horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Four games in 18 days. But once every four years isn't going to help them develop. You've got to get these no. You've got to get these nations into games. And I think you need to expand the Southern Hemisphere. What's it called? The Tri-Nations? The, the, the rugby championship. Rugby championship. In, in fairness to World Rugby, they have spent a lot of money on Pacifica. They spent a lot of money in Japan. They're propping up, you know, the MLR and getting these structures, you know, set up. It is kind of coming through. Yeah, but it's still the case, isn't it, that when, like, Fiji play at, at Twickenham, they get something like, you know, like £20,000 of playing there. And if, and, if, and if New Zealand play there, they get £3 million. Yeah, but with all due respect, we couldn't even fill Twickenham for uh, England-Fiji a week before the World Cup. So You might yeah. after this World Cup, because they've been pretty impressive. They have been well, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might, no, I mean, I'm not saying. That was down to England, not down, oh, okay, to, not down to Fiji. Okay, sorry, not down to the opposition. Okay, we yeah. got then in the, uh, do we know? Has it worked out yet? We know, but we, will, we've won, we know we've won the group. England, we... England have won the group. Fiji need one a bonus point to finish second, so that England will play Fiji. Before final. we get on to the World Cup, oh, I just want to ask you one question. Tin hats on everyone, because I know you're going to have an opinion on it, because we've seen a lot of turmoil, Nick, in English rugby over the last, what, like 12 months, and now the latest announcement that last season's championship winners, um, Jersey Reds, they've also ceased trading. So, as a fan... What do you think needs to happen or, I don't know, change to give the game, I suppose, more appeal, really? You know, I know like World Cup is great and, you know, it generates a lot of attention and, but like... I think that you need some more realism at the RFU and you need some people that actually have uh, some knowledge and understanding of grassroots into the RFU. It, I, I, I thought it was astounding that they wouldn't allow Ealing Trailfinders 
in when they won because that is a, a rugby side that is based in the community, in a multicultural community, and they wouldn't let them in because the stand wasn't good enough. I think you, that those are the people you should be allowing in so they can bring in bigger gates and then they can expand once they get in. And actually, there's a, a club that stayed financially sensible by not spending ridiculous monies on, on, on I think, I think if I'm honest with you, they're still in business because they didn't go into the Premiership because they don't want to go into the Premiership because they know it put them out of business. Um, and Jersey were the same. Jersey didn't go up because they probably knew that they couldn't afford to go up. But there's clubs in the Premiership who can't afford to be there anyway. So, well, yeah, I mean, the whole I don't know quite how we got to the stage and how the RFU managed to, to allow the whole thing. I mean, there should be some financial oversight. The idea that they've allowed this thing to get... Was it £600 million in debt? Well, the, the other thing is that, no. that if it's financial oversight, it needs to be independent. Because with all due respect, otherwise it's called a cartel. You, know, you, you can't have the D clubs making the decision. Well, DCMS are the, are the second biggest stakeholder in Premiership Rugby. I mean, they've they've lent every club between 10 and 15 million, so they're invested to the tune of 135 million. Three clubs have gone down the Swanee, so they've already lost 35 million. And CVC have invested 250 million in whatever it was in 15% of Premiership Rugby. And two and three clubs okay, have gone what's bust. Being, what's being done now, though? You know, after last season, and now like Jersey Reds have, have gone under. Like, what's been put in place? Like recently, I've got, after I've got no idea happened. because the only time I see anyone from the RFU is when Steve Borthwick's doing an interview, and you might see him in the, just behind in tracksuits. I mean, literally, as a Wasp fan, I can't even tell Wasp fans what league they'll be playing in next season whether there'll be promotion or relegation, whether there'll be any chance of getting back into the Premiership. I mean, it, That's what makes me really sad. Nick's, Nick's right. They're, they're, we need some leadership. This is my thing. I mean, I love, you know, Bill Beaumont. Is like, you know, he was a great servant for England, a huge, lovely bloke and all the rest of it. But the fact of the matter is that under his watch and under this current RFU's watch, the, there's a lot has gone wrong. Well, Bill's in world rugby, isn't he? Uh, he's, he's chairman at the moment. For, but, that's, uh, that, but that's all of it. I mean, he's come from this. And the thing is, you've got to... You know, we've got refereeing that that is inconsistent in, in, in our World Cup, which is our main game where people are going, I don't understand what we're, what, what the rules are anymore. It's very, com it's very, it's become very complicated, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, the thing is that, you know, we're fighting for people's attention around the world, whether it's travel shows, sport, whatever it might be. You can't have a game that goes on for so long. And... Well, that's nonsensical and almost impossible to get into unless you've actually been grown up with it. I mean, the, you know, me trying to explain to my fiance the the basic rules of it so that she can understand what's going on, it's like almost impossible. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. You're batting. She came in this morning, very beautiful. She is, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's luckily very short-sighted as well, so that's, that's worked out very well for me. Yeah. Uh, Live on air. Yeah. Yeah. She loved us. She actually enjoyed coming along to, to Twickenham. I, I, don't, I don't know where we get with this, but I think if you look at the, the premiership, the lack of oversight, the lack of control, the lack of making sure that there's financial fair play going on, it's, it's you know, if that was a CEO of any other business, you'd be out on your ear, and so would all yeah, the board as England, well. England's fans are getting shortchanged because if you're a club, you're turning up to your club and only seeing Maritoji in 12 or 13, if you're lucky, out of 22 games. And if you're turning up for England, you're not seeing the best out of Maritoji. So they haven't got it right at the moment. And is that going to get worse now? Because there's something in the papers this week, wasn't there, that they're going to do a, a, a system where they're going to... The 20 play England players, they're yeah, going to, England are going to manage them a bit like the Irish... It's the same in Wales. I mean, Ryan, yeah. Ryan James was telling me it's, it's unbelievably tough in Wales to try, you know... My, my cousins who used to used to do the training at uh, Merthyr Rugby, uh, the Welsh lads there, and they yeah. used to say there used to be, like, five kids sat on the hill drinking and smoking and watching and 30 kids playing rugby. Now there's like 12 kids playing rugby and 25 sat on the hill smoking and drinking. You know, and that's that's the difficulty. We're losing the kids. Financially, it's a mess. The rules are a mess. And, and you know, this is the game that I grew up absolutely loving and obsessed with. And, and it's difficult to defend at the moment or difficult to promote. Who's, what, what, who's your team, by the way? I was just going to ask that. I, yeah. I don't say. 
Ah, uh, I read it was I Gloucester. Think I know. No, I'll tell you why. Because I, where I live, well, I used to live in Chiswick. Cotswolds, and, so it must and be. And now I live in the Cotswolds. West Country way. Well, it's, there's four around me. So there's Bath, Bristol, Gloucester, and Worcester are all really close. And Exeter's only just down the road. So I tend to go wherever there's a game where I'm working and I've got a day okay. off. So if once I say well, where I am, oh. <laughs> once I say who I support, I'm in deep trouble. So uh, no, I don't. Although my little boy turned up for the first time, my nine-year-old turned up to watch Bath Saracens at the end of last season, and basically they plied him with chocolate, and they've sit in says that he can have as much chocolate as he wants if he comes back because that's <laughs> Bath. Because Bath beat Saracens that day. I got down, I'd have you down at uh, that like Gloucester, I think for you. I think that's um, yeah. yeah. You got. He's saying team. nothing. You got to have a team. You got to have a team. Now, who's going to Who's going to win the World Cup? Do you think? I think it's a big call, isn't it? South Africa seems supremely confident and they do have amazing uh, spirit within the side, within each other. Their, their togetherness is incredible. All these stories about, you know, it's an amazing story about Pim Pimpy not having anybody's face to put on his back of his shirt and all those kind of things. You see them in together the way they talk together and they, they support each other. Um, the coach is absolutely bonkers, isn't he? He's had, he a, is. he's had a pop at Ireland again. I mean, he doesn't yeah, mind really, playing the mind games, does he? Yeah. He? Mind Rassy. you, the Kiwi coach had a go at Ireland the other day as well, didn't yeah. he? So, Ireland and South Africa. Do you get told what to do on TV by traffic light signs or not? Uh, no. <laughs> Well, because <laughs> I know I, I, I need to be. I can, can someone give me a red no. green? One of, the, what, look, one of the things about one of the things you know about a TV, and, you, and you've been very good at over the years, uh, is is authenticity. Just being yourself and saying whatever you feel at the time, and not being over directed by people, so that people know who you are, whatever whatever you're in. People who try and please the directors all the time, you're somebody slightly different on each thing you do, and the audience never knows who you are. So I've always I, I tend to treat directors and directions as guidelines in which to operate around. Not yeah. really. Rassi would like you then, Nick. Yeah, Rassi would like you. <laughs> so, did we get an answer? So, South Africa, good. South Africa, good. I have to say New Zealand are starting to look very good, although I was, again, I took the mickey on social media because they're all very excited about winning uh, over Italy and if the, if that's what makes them excited, then they have... Then <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about rugby is getting stuck in a bit of banter either way. I well, think England are building in a very dull way, but uh, in a very successful way. Wales are actually got some spirit about them. Yeah. Um, I'd love it to be Ireland because I'd love a Northern Hemisphere side to win again. We only had one Northern Hemisphere side win yeah. ever, and that was your lot. Yeah. That's what I've said. If we get a new name on the trophy, I'll be happy because it means that either, either Ireland or France have won. England, I'm going to win this one. I can't see the thing about the French is I can't see the French stringing. Was it how many games do you have to win to win the eight, nine in a row? France will always fall out Can with I each say other. Though, that France have only lost once in the last five years in Paris. You love right. your stats. I mean, it's a fact. I couldn't it believe is, it because I mean, I thought that they see, lose I, all the time. But they'll self-implode. They always do. I mean, look at that when they, they beat New Zealand, then lost to us in the you know beat New Zealand in the quarterfinal in Cardiff. I think, I think yeah. they're much better. And then lost to us. I got to be honest. Like in that opening match in Paris that we were in, when they ran out, I thought there's too much pressure on them here because mm. honestly, the stadium was. I've never been. I've never experienced an atmosphere feel like it right mm. it's just they, they're not going to beat New Zealand I genuinely thought they were going to like like you were saying self-implode but I don't know now they just rode that and there's so much support for them out there I kind of think why, that they I mean, might Ireland play the best rugby without a doubt in terms of their cohesion and the way that they but it's a power game at the moment and the two biggest teams in the world are France they're forwards France and South Africa they turn on the power there's no other side that can compete with them really. my worry is that South Africa I, I think are clever enough not to have shown their full hand against Ireland in think? that game yeah I don't think they played I think they well, played no, that was what the whole 7-1 thing was we're going to batter the life out of you and we're not going to show yeah. what we're going to do it's ironic the isn't it they lost, they lost the line series 
to a drop goal from Jerry Guskett. They won the Lions series to a penalty from Mornay Stain. Yeah, they've won, they've won numerous World Cups with a goal kicker. Yeah. And, and now they've obviously airlifted Pollard straight back in, haven't they? So, yeah. That was always going to happen. Have they lost the scrum after now? Because have they, have they, they had four in the squad. One's going to put his hamstring soon, aren't they? Hey, Razzie. Maybe, you, maybe you'll give him a little red traffic light. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Nick, if there was one game, one rugby game that you could have played in, because I've read that you said you would have given everything up to play for England just I'd once. have given up my entire TV career to put on an England shirt once and would run out of Twiggenham. But which, which game would you yeah. have wanted to play in for England? I mean, there's an obvious one yeah. with a man sat here. No, but... Probably 91 when we lost or 2007 when we lost. Yeah, that one because I, I would have made the difference. I would have scored, so it would have been... <laughs> <laughs> John, John, we'd have taken that. We'd have taken that. Uh, um, no, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have done it. Just the idea of, and I'm, you know, I, when I go to rugby matches now, it's not just going to watch a sport. You know, I get there, and as soon as I walk in the stadium, my heart starts to beat. And then when they start playing that, that the music before the teams run out, I'm literally my, my heart's thumping in my chest. An English fan, but Welsh, really. Like you know, we 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 need more. We need more. Well. No, no, but I've got no, Welsh, got Welsh family. I know actually. you said that. Yeah, yeah, Evelyn yeah. Evelyn Herwin or Erwin, and as you, the kids you, now call but it. You even say Herwin. Like, Heroine, like, like it's meant the, to be said. Heroine. Well, yeah, but my aunt and uncle used to say it that way. But the yeah. kids now, their grandchildren now call it Erwin. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Heroine. No, I, I know, know that area very well. I didn't well. know you had... Um, That's one of my best buddies, buddies is Rodri Williams, who... Um, oh, Rodders, who everybody knows Rodders. Yeah. Um, who's in Qatar for his own safety these days. And everyone else's safety yeah. as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's still the best, but I will. I've not seen him for a long time. Do you get asked to play Charity matches, you must do. Do you, do you know what? I'm not? actually I'm a patron involved with Rugby for Heroes at Gloucester with Mike Tyndall. So we have that charity together where they laughingly play friendlies with like an ex South African international team under Schmidt and people who turn up. And the idea of it being a friendly is ridiculous because they <laughs> get out there and start battering each other straight away. 
So the last time I played, well, I'm 61 now. The last time I played was when I was 56 in a game. At, yeah. 56, I played um, when I was 56 years old. I played sevens, uh, beach sevens, which was a really ridiculous beach idea. Beach sevens, wow. Which is the first time I ever saw you, by the way. Yeah. Oh, first no, time no, I saw you. 1993. Murrayfield, yeah. sevens, the, the inaugural sevens, he was in the team that won it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we won it because Andy Harriman was in the team. Too exactly. Fair, but... Well, he did do pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And then, do you remember in the semi-final, you were supposed to play? I think you were supposed to play either Australia or somebody else. But they put you, but they swapped it around to play Fiji because the Scots did not want to hand over the the cup they just made to yeah. the English. Do you know what was it? It was an amazing tournament. We we managed to win it. Won the first ever inaugural World Cup sevens, and Scotland lost to Japan in the bowl final. I mean. Just yeah. a beautiful thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. That's one a whole load. Now I can't cross the border in Scotland. All the Scots have just turned off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, come on, we love Scotland. Not yeah. as much as Wales, but we love them. That's it, and they've got a great side at the moment. I feel really bad for them in this World Cup because they've been planted in such a tough group. And I think any other group they've got out of, you know... Has there been a tougher World Cup group than that? I don't no, think there has. I don't think so. Ever. I don't think so. But they still got a chance if they beat Ireland, yeah. you know. That's a tough ass by anybody. But that Scottish side has real talent yeah. running right and the way through it. And there are so many permutations we will go through of that group now. Should we go through the groups quickly then? Go the on final yeah, games, yeah. Um, okay, we'll look... Uh, should we go pool, pool A? We'll do Pool A first. So France, they're going to top the group, right? Assuming they don't lose to Italy. Um, or even if they do lose and still get two losing bonus points. Okay, I'm just putting it all out is this, there. Is this the first they, World Cup side where we've had a Northern Hemisphere team topping every single group? It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. And could be all Northern Hemisphere semi-finals, so, which would be even better. Wales-Ireland, that could be a real thing in the semi-final. Anyway, we've just got ahead of the rest. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. so, so we're not seeing anyone basically but France topping that pool, right? New Zealand runners-up. Yeah, you're yeah. tuning in to me, New Zealand-Uruguay this week. Yeah, I'll be watching, I'll be watching that one. Uh, okay, let's move on to pool B then. Um, okay, so are we ready for this? So Scotland have got to be Ireland and deny the Irish a bonus point in order to finish second on the head-to-head -head rule. But stay with me, with South Africa top in the pool, okay? So if Ireland get a bonus point and Scotland do not, Ireland will top the pool on the head-to-head -head rule over South Africa. You still with me? Yeah. Mm. You yeah. To go on? yeah. A Scotland bonus point win without Ireland getting anything from the game would see them qualifying second place behind South Africa and the Springboks would finish top on the head-to-head -head rule. And if Scotland win, both teams get a bonus point, then they join South Africa on 15 points, and it's the points difference that will determine the top spot in so, okay, so if So if Scotland beat <sighs> Ireland, but without a bonus point, Scotland still don't go through, it's still... That's so, what's going to happen. They have to score four tries. Basically. That's what's going to... Oh, because Scotland have this amazing ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But not against Ireland, But though. your, your, been, your yeah, husband been... is in the coaching team in Ireland. They're the number one side in the world. They've only lost two out of the last 35... I don't talk to him about what's going to happen because <laughs> they're going to want to win their group. They're not going to want to come second. So they win their group. They might look at the group and go, "Who are we playing against?" Well, New Zealand if they win the group. But it's New Zealand. Well, what, or then wouldn't you wouldn't you rather come second? I'd rather play France at the moment than New Zealand. Oh, Jeopardy. in France, Jeopardy. I'm not sure you can yeah, play that way, though, yeah. can you? No, I think you just got to win your games. I don't think Scotland and Ireland like each other anyway. I mean, obviously countries do, but I'm not sure. I think there's a bit of beef there. No, <laughs> because there? Yeah. there is a way of them playing to a result that puts them both through and South Africa out. No, they yeah, won't do that. Not, it's no, that's, that's too complicated. Happen, yeah, that's not going to. That's, that's, that's a nice it's, idea, though, and couldn't happen to nicer people nice than the South Africans. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some sort of Irish betting syndicate. Having idea, sat in an Afrikaans yeah. crowd at a rugby match, so, yeah, that would. <laughs> okay, so I think Ireland are going to try. Uh, okay, Ireland so you're, you're going to say Ireland. I, mean, I don't think they'll put out a strong team, though. Do you not? 
You know, I think Scotland might sneak a victory. Here's, here's, here's a prediction for you. God. I think Scotland might sneak a victory, but not by the bonus points. So they'll have won, but they won't go through. I know you're going to be away for the next three weeks because you've got this TV show, but we, we, want to, we want to hear you on social media, which I'm sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will. <laughs> I like to have a little prod every day. Yeah. Again. <laughs> the Irish will get it, or the Scots next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I have this every now and again when we're playing like the Welsh and they go, oh, you know, you're the old enemy, we're going to beat the English. And I'm like, well, to be honest, I know for you we're the old enemy, but for Scotland we're the old enemy, for Ireland we're the old enemy. It's a bit like the cheese count to take a ticket and get in line because there's so many people that hate us. Yeah. <laughs> the cheese counter. Yeah. By the way, the feeling's mutual. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't see why it's, you know, hatred of English is, you know, is not mutually exclusive. We Isn't don't it? like the Scots, we don't like the Welsh, we don't like the Irish. All right, I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting here saying nothing. Yeah, but, then, but having said that, you see, I would still want, I would still want, I love, you know, I love the competition between us and the banter that goes backwards and forwards, although it, it goes a bit beyond banter sometimes. But, but I still want uh, England and Scotland and Wales to win the World Cup. I would still love a Northern Hemisphere side to win the World if Cup. Not if, England, if, if not England, I was going to say, England, in, what, in what order though of those four? Probably the Irish because they they have built so brilliantly, and it would be such a great party. The party will go on all year if they, if they win. That'd be amazing. Uh, all right, let's move on to full C then. So Wales, they've already qualified for the quarterfinals. They need one point against Georgia to guarantee top spot in Pool C. Fiji need one point against Portugal to confirm second place on the head-to-head rule, having already beaten Australia, of course. And the only way Australia and Eddie can make it through to the quarterfinals is if Portugal beats Fiji by more than seven points and Fiji score three tries fewer. That's not going to happen. I mean, Portugal are a good side. Don't get me wrong. I think that they're one of the big surprises of the tournament, don't you think? Very, yeah, hugely. And and entertained us incredibly. But I mean, Eddie Jones has always, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, maybe, you know, England is, it's written in the stars, England will play Australia. They're not, because Australia have been so disappointing, so poor. I mean, Fiji are going to win the game. Um, they should. However, if you look at the way they played against Georgia, yeah. and they, they had to pull it out of the bag right at the end, and you think, well, they haven't got the same depth of squad. That everybody else is looking at. Steve, come on. I mean, it's like everyone saying Italy are going to beat New Zealand the other day. I was like, it's well, the not only, like that, no, is it? The only thing I was like, ninety-eight <laughs> points later. We haven't had yet one big shock, have we? Really? I mean, Australia losing to Fiji, not really a shock. Well, Portugal but, beating Georgia would have been the shock, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, that was incredible. No, I don't you think, think there's been happen, the, not the Japan South Africa shock that no. we like to have every now and again. Talking of shocks, I think Wales supporters coming into this tournament were quite critical of Warren Gatlin. They, I think they have an apology, don't they? They should be very proud of what they've done no, so far like, in this tournament. And no. I don't think they're finished yet either. Well, we've got a good side of the draw, haven't we, for a yeah. start? So, like, if we win, if we do finish top, we play Argentina. And I don't mm. think we've seen Argentina at their best yet nope. during this competition. So then no, they're they in the semis. No, they haven't hit their pace at all. So, look, and, and Gat, he knows how to do a World Cup, right? Does Warren Gatlin. Mm. And he knows how to turn turn things around he in does. a short space of time. And he said this team yeah. is going to do something special. And you don't, you'd don't, yeah. be stupid to not pay his engine to Warren Gatlin. It's momentum, Plus, isn't it? I know more players in the Welsh team than I do the England team at the moment. Yeah. Plus, your captain, has, your captain has got Lions captain written all okay. over him at the Can moment. Can I just I declare my love? for Jack Morgan I have, he is such a great bloke Nick right did Not you only... see the, the speed he came through the line He's for that opening try when he came, broke through the, the line 50, on an inside pass the... I thought it was a winger at first the way he went <laughs> did you see the 50-22 kick he put in against uh... that's unbelievable well, and he's a great 22-22 well. yeah. yeah. was also he broke his nose in about the first few seconds of that, that game didn't he with plenty of what appeared to be two tampons sticking out of his nose he does. He never comes off the pitch without like no. blood somewhere on his face and he's face. got a nice he's... family I met his mum and dad yeah he's, he's gorgeous he's a top lad I have to say like line captain do you think uh, I think he's going to be a superstar I think he already is I mean, he's been you know there's about a handful of players in the World Cup 
And he's been one that you say, yeah, he's in the conversation. He's been brilliant. Reece Sammet yeah. has come into his own again in this World Cup. He's shown what a superstar he is. And, and the other um, the other lad on the other wing... Um, Josh. Josh. Josh Adams. I mean, when you think that he was at Worcester, he picked up a contract at Worcester when nobody was interested in him. And it was only when Worcester picking him up and then suddenly yeah, you, know, you got yourself back. a world-class yeah. winger. Yeah. Isn't it I terrifying see. how you can lose these players and they can go missing? You almost not, not have any kind of career at all. Yeah, yeah. But going back to Gats as well, though, because I think that's what he does. You know, you mentioned how great a bloke and how good Jack Morgan is. Mm. Like that, I think that was clever with Gats, putting Jack Morgan and Dewey Lake as skippers. They're both great guys. They're both yeah, young. We spoke They're both about this, didn't we, whether it was the right light. thing to do. That's, yeah. like a, that's, that's clever, right? Right, He's very good gas. with people, though, isn't he? Well, yeah, two forwards just... as well, thankfully. <laughs> and Reece Samet, obviously a great player for your club, Gloucester. He's very is good he down the road himself? at Gloucester, yeah. He's down the road at Gloucester. Down the road. Yeah. He's not going to commit himself, is he? No. <laughs> great hair as well. Great hair. Thanks very much. <laughs> oh, Reece Samet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although not dissimilar to yours, Nick, actually, with a little quiff. Do you know what? The it's friends. the only way I'll get away with a TV career, still having a head of hair at this age. <laughs> my, my, mate, my mate on the building programme looked at me the other day when I had a bad cold, I had a beanie on, and he went, you'd be nothing without your hair. <laughs> Nick doesn't shave his legs like that. Oh, by the way, no, Reece Hammett definitely does. Butter legs like Damien Pinot. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. I thought his little um, Ronaldo celebration against the Portuguese was a little bit naughty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I also like the fact though he's quite. I think we need. I think we need that though. You know, the days where you know rugby players have got to score a try in a certain way and only wear black and white boots and all that sort of stuff. And he wears Ronaldo pants as well. Don't do we all or not? How do you know that? He said that. He said that. He wears CR7 underwear, doesn't he? I think. Wow, Steve, that is impressive. How do I know that? I don't know. Not something I've read anywhere. So who are we saying? Let's move on from Zambia's pants. England have already won the group, haven't they? We're not on Ling- we're not in the English group. Are we still in Wales? No, we're well, still on Wales. We're topping that. We're we, going Wales and Fiji. We're going Wales Fiji. Yeah, yeah? Wales Fiji. Okay, yeah. So who does yeah. that mean, Fiji? If that's right, Fiji will play England. Yeah. Fiji will play England. Wales will yeah. play Argentina, probably. Yeah, and we'll do Fiji this time round. And England could then face we'll, France. We'll, we'll, yeah, no, we'll bore them to the death. Semis. That's what we'll do. We'll bore the Fiji side to <laughs> Do you care if you get through to the semi and then a final of a World Cup? Would you take the ball fast? That's what I'm trying to ask. Oh, I don't know. I had this discussion again on, on social media the other day. For example, I was, when I was complaining about the ref decision not giving penalties on the try line, it's like, well, if that was England, you wouldn't care. I was like, well, I would actually because I don't, I, you know, it, it bothers me how we play and the game is dying. I've got to be honest though, Nick. South Africa won a World Cup. They ended up battering England and they looked like they scored really nice tries because, you know, Carl Sinkter went off. But I went to that semi-final with Ben Kay. And we'd worked on that incredible game the day before, New Zealand, England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, it was one of the most incredible games of rugby. And ITV gave us a day off the next day. And Ben said, come on, let's have half a glass of white wine for It's every... never half a glass of white wine. For, for I've drunk with Ben in New Zealand. It's never half a glass. Let's have half a glass for every box kick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Such a bad comment. Right. I mean, that's how stupid he was. And I, and I, and I was even more stupid because I said, that's a wonderful idea. Let's do that. And honestly, there was oh, 64 God. in the game, I think. It, it, was, it was, I mean, we were... We, we were taxi at half time. Oh, we were toast. So funny. In New Zealand, I sat down to uh, just a, a, to share a bottle of wine with Ben in a, in a bar in New Zealand down in Queenstown when the gap between the first and second Lions test. The second and no, between second and third, that's right. And um, we ended up doing several bottles of wine and watching Alan Wynne Jones' sister and family dancing on the tables. They're good value, aren't they? <laughs> Did you get your guitar out? No, no, no. Actually, I auctioned off. Sorry, I'm, no, no. you've auctioned your guitar off. No, I auctioned off. I'm a patron of a, a thing called uh, run by Rianne Manning's, a friend of mine in Cardiff, a thing called To Wish, which is a child bereavement charity. And I turned up at this ball, and she said to me, "What have you brought to auction?" And I was like. Was I supposed to bring something? <laughs> it's like, so I auctioned off uh, me never singing in public again. 
and raised 500 quid. So that was quite good. <laughs> and Amy Wodge, who wrote, do you know Amy, Amy Wodge? I do know Amy Wodge. The amazing she Amy Wodge. She's very, very talented. But well, the most successful and talented songwriter that people haven't heard of. Yeah, she's so amazing. She wrote Thinking Out Loud with Ed Sheeran yeah, yeah, yeah. and songs right, right, I wrote right. with Amy. With she's album. So you say 500 quid gets you in the green room singing with the guitar because <laughs> I'll, I'll pay it to the charity to get you back <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, are you just a shower singer now then? Is that it? Not even allowed that actually. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amy Wodge wrote a song for me and she was one of the people bidding for me never to sing again. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is pretty impressive that Amy Wodge wrote a song for you. Well, she wrote a song and I asked her if I could do it because oh, okay. it hadn't been <laughs> done and I she went, yeah, put it on your album by all means. So I did actually have an original song by Amy Wodge on my album, yeah. That is wow. impressive. And then I choose number one. And an iTunes number one. Um, okay, uh, moving on again. Sorry, we yeah, Pool D. Are we so still doing the rugby? We are. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get through this. Okay, we're on Pool D. Uh, right, England. They've already confirmed Pool D winners. Yeah. Um, and the winner then of Japan Argentina will qualify to the quarterfinals of runners up. So who do we? Japan's reckon? Japan obviously played okay. I mean, they're an aging side, aren't they? Really. I mean, I've got to think Argentina. As you said, they haven't really turned up. But when they want to play, they're, they're, they're a better side than Japan. Yeah, agreed. And they'll win. Mm. You have to wonder whether there's something going on in the camp, though, because they really haven't played very well the at Argentina. all. And they're normally such a good tournament side, aren't they? they yeah, are. and the Japan of four years ago might have actually turned them over this time. I'm not sure, like you say, that this, this Japan is good enough to do it. No. But if, there is, if there's one, one match-up coming up that you might think might be a turnover, I could see Japan Possibly. just about turning over Argentina because mm. they've been playing so badly. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because they are normally good at a World Cup, aren't they? Yeah, they really. I mean, they really turn up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're we're saying we don't really know then who the runners up in that group are. You two are. Nick is the only one that's answering me at the moment. I'm more interested in in the songs now. Yeah. Norris has switched off from the rugby now. He's glazed over. Um, Okay. Well, there we go. There we got through the pools. Okay. Well, it's going to be exciting the weekend anyway, isn't it? Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So are you off to? uh... I'm going back to Nantes on Thursday. Yeah, to do Wales Georgia. Catching him up on the air miles, aren't you? No, yeah. no one can catch him. Do they have rail miles? I don't know. I mean, rail no, they miles. don't, but the air miles really are good because I have to fly to all these places. So the air miles have been good, although I've been collecting for about the, for the first 18 months of me doing this. Before we sign off the show, just where, where are you heading the next three or four weeks? Make us all jealous with, with your railway. Uh, so I've got a short hop over to Ireland to do some archaeology because that's another little interest of mine. I like a bit of archaeology and I'm going to dig up some Roman stuff in Ireland. Yeah, you did that in Peru, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I did some lovely archaeology in Peru, some pre-Inca stuff which was dug up as well. And I've just done some in Split as well. And then uh, they're digging up a new sort of Pompeii just outside Split, which is an amazing thing. Um, so I do a little bit of that and then I'm off to Cuba and then on to Patagonia. So travelling through Patagonia. I told you before, I've always wanted to go to Patagonia. Well, a big Welsh contingent there. It's one of the languages there. Yeah, I'll teach you some words before you go. (laughs) I've been taught a few on social media reasons, but I'm not sure I can use (laughs) any of them. When we had a BT Sport night out, I think I woke up in Patagonia. Yeah. I'm sure you've got to many places after a BT Sport night out. Chile the only country. Chile have got a side, though, haven't they? Chile play a bit of rugby now as well. Obviously, Argentina, so I might take a rugby ball with me and spin a rugby ball around down there. Good. Oh, it's been so good to have you on, Nick. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for coming very on. Much. Thank so you. Good. To finish, you need to serenade Sarah, really, don't you? Have you got, have you got a song for us? <laughs> to sign out? Sign out? No. no. I don't, I don't. No, Lois is going to pay you 500 no, no, quid, Nick. So. The charity's <laughs> going to make some money. And, uh, you know, we're going to get him back in the green room. I mean, the last time we had singing in the green room, I think it was Ronan Keating. 
It was really easy. He had to use mobile phone to, to get the words of Fields of Athen right. It was yeah. beautiful. Oh, no. Yes. I used, to love Ronan. Ronan. I used to love Boys Oh, uh, Ronan's a top man, but Willie Mullinswood. Who was it? Was plastic in puddy. Oh, I know who was in it. Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Dornan. Yeah. And I was chatting to him because I got a thing that I was going to do in LA with a rugby thing in LA, a big charity thing that I was setting up. And I was like, I need some of your some actors to come along. And he went, yeah, yeah, put me put me down for it. I said, well, I'll contact your, your agent. And he went, no, no. He said, like, give us your phone. I'll put my number in it. And I, as he was putting the number in, suddenly realised there were about 30 women craning around the back. <laughs> <laughs> All taking photos of the number. <laughs> Trying to see Jamie Lord's number. He lives just up the road from me as well, actually. He, 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 he was a guest on player. Yeah, he was he was a guest on another. He he loves his rugby. Oh, he really God, does. Yeah. Oh well, we'll save the singing debut. You're yes, welcome. we You're will welcome. save. Come back Into and do it again Nick, with the guitar. We wish you all the very best with your your second series now on the railways. Thank you very um, much. Keep tweeting about the Welsh. I, would, I like to tweet about them all. I think that's the whole point of rugby is to wind each other yeah. up, isn't it? That's all part of the joy of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, for now, my thanks to Nick, to Sarah, and, of course, to Steve. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for more rugby action. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.